0: Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you today? Okay, answer me, fabulous fantastic amazing i hope that you are having that kind of day and here's the thing it's available to you so please choose to have an amazing day all right so what's going on today well we're talking this month about starting restarting shifting careers you know kind of that change process and last week i talked about how to identify what's going on when you're dissatisfied with your current job is it a job issue is it a career choice issue, and what do you do about that? Today, I have three case studies of people who are, who have made or are making significant career changes. So these are clients of mine who are in kind of various phases of this, but I wanted to kind of walk you through their situation, give you those case studies, and then I have some lessons learned at the end. And what I'm doing this for is that I'm hoping you will see yourself in more and more of these case studies, and that you can kind of Identify with one or more of these and kind of where you're at with your career. Um, So let's start with number one. I'm going to call these, they're all pseudonyms. I'm going to call my first case study Jennifer. And so Jennifer is somebody that I'm working with right now. She's 25 years old. She has a bachelor's degree in communications and media studies. And when she came to me, she was working as a model manager for a big New York City modeling firm. And very unhappy. Um, This was her first full-time job, but she's done internships with two New York City public relations firms, and she really liked the work when she was in the public relations firms, and I think she applied for a full-time position with one of those firms as she was getting ready to graduate, and she didn't get the job, and she was telling herself that she didn't have the qualifications. She wasn't qualified to get a PR job, so I think that you know, from jump, she really had an interest in the PR firm. So initially when Jennifer came to me, she was interested in kind of going to the other side of the table in the model management field. So whereas now she's on the supply side of model management, she wanted to be on the demand side and either work with an agency or with a large company that hires a lot of models, you know, who maybe they're in the fashion industry or cosmetics, uh, accessories, that kind of thing and that really interested her and she also thought she had really great contacts um, with the companies that she's worked for as a model supplier and she thought she would be able to speak to them about getting a position. And when we kind of dug down and, and, and did the, the Land Your Dream job work with her, um, what, what came up was that she uh, really wants to use her skills in organization, research, attention to detail, communication and also she has a really wide base of knowledge because she's just has a lot of interest she's well read and she likes the opportunity to bring that knowledge into conversations and establish rapport so, things got really interesting for Jennifer when she completed the target employer ranking form. So, in the process of doing the Land Your Dream Job program, you start by throwing up about 25 companies that you know are top of mind for you, your friends work there, just companies that seem really interesting that you might want to work at, and then you do some research and you evaluate those companies against the criteria that you said is most important to you, and you rank those companies. And initially, when she had those 25 companies on there, she had two PR firms on there, and they were the two that she had interned at. And she was really surprised by how the ranking came out. She actually, both of those PR firms came out at the very top of a ranking. And she just had this real kind of um, aha moment that A, you know the work that she did at the PR firm that's really what she wanted to do she would gotten a lot of feedback from friends you would you know you always talk about wanting to do PR and you like PR and you know why aren't you pursuing PR and it sort of all came together for her this is what she loved this is what she really wanted to pursue when she was getting out of college her friends see that facet of her and they they've been supporting that and encouraging that and for whatever reason she was telling herself when she was graduating that she couldn't get that kind of job and now she sees that she has a lot to bring to the table for them she sees that she would be qualified for those jobs so my recommendation to her going forward because we're still working together um, actually the assignment I gave her just this week was to add a couple more PR firms to her list and do the evaluation process with them see if those PR firms need to stay on her list or just the two that she already has on there And then now she's gonna, we're gonna start her job search starting next week. We're gonna really launch it. And she's going to use that network that she's developed in the New York City area as a model manager to get out there and have those conversations with PR firms and some of the other companies as well. But rather than doing the the talent booking side, she really wants to do the public relations side. And I'm. this is an amazing woman, and I'm confident that she's going to get her, her dream job moving forward. So that's Jennifer, case study number one. Case study number two, I'm going to call him Randy. And Randy's a 26-year-old who currently has an associate degree in turf management, and he's working as a groundskeeper for a major league sports team kind of in the Northeast And he's, through them, is getting his bachelor's degree paid for, and he's going to complete that in about three months in March of 2019. And he's very dissatisfied with his current position as a groundskeeper, and and it has to do, it seems like it's mostly about, he doesn't have any... Kind of autonomy and decision making ability. nobody really wants to do things better and more efficient. You kind of do what's always been done and he doesn't find the work environment to be conducive to collaboration. Everybody kind of does their own thing and they don't really look for ways to work together and he's felt for some time that he's meant to do more. He just didn't know what that was, but he's felt like his brain wasn't being used his he likes to work with his hands, which is an interesting thing about Randy. He likes to work with his hands, but which is why the turf piece appealed to him, but he also likes to influence and persuade others. He likes to be in a managerial role, which he's not getting to do now. He also has a real strong need for like structure and organization. He's very good at finding ways to make things more efficient and effective. Um, before earning his associate's degree, Randy was at a university and he majored in economics at various times, business. Uh, I think he minored in actuarial science. So he was kind of, you know, trying a lot of different things. He wasn't doing well in, in his undergraduate degree the first time around. He eventually dropped out to kind of figure out what he wanted to do. His grades were not great. And he just kind of needed to figure out where he wanted to go with his career. And And he came to me initially when he was thinking of this turf management Degree And of course, I was very skeptical about that. He had three years of higher education, and now he wants to kind of go back to a technical school and get an associate's degree. It didn't necessarily make sense to me at first. But then as we did personality and interest testing and coaching, it became clear that that thing about him wanting to work with his hands and kind of be in a position of influence and many careers in higher education don't really necessarily focus on working with your hands. They're more working, you know, kind of with thoughts and with, with ideas and with people. And he has a real strong need to improve processes and make things more efficient and effective. So where we're at right now is Randy's conducting informational interviews with a couple of people who are in the supply chain management field and I encouraged him to do a couple more, and I also said a big piece of this needs to be job shadowing, so don't just talk to these people. I want you to set up maybe a half a day, you know, take some time off of your job and go for half a day and follow these people around and job shadow them and see what they really do, but he's 90% certain at this point that that's the field he wants to go into, and what I like about it for him is it does use his hands. He's going to have to get in there, especially at the lower levels, and get dirty with the, you know, with whatever it is he's, whatever kind of supplies he's organizing the, the the management of, he's moving, you know, moving, he's logistical, but he also gets to look at, okay, we can be more efficient here, here's how we can improve processes, reduce costs, and all that. So what's next for him, in addition to having a few more informational interviews and some job shadowing, is we're going to redesign his resume and his LinkedIn profile. So I've written those for him when he was first getting out of college, but now it's time to change that focus. And so we're going to really focus on the transferability of what he's done in turf management, what he's done in his undergraduate degree now that's going to be in business administration. What did he do in his earlier positions um, while he was going through college that are going to be around supply chain management and logistics? Um, and then we're going to map out a job search strategy for him that's going to focus on active rather than passive. So how do you network your way into those conversations where you can find out about your fit with an organization and your fit for a job? So while there will be a piece in there that will be, you know, here are the job boards you want to look on and here's how to do it, that's not going to get him the job that he wants. He's trying to make a career shift, and if all he does is a passive job search, There are going to always be people in that pile who have experience in supply chain management, who maybe have a degree in supply chain management. And it's going to be hard, no matter how great a resume I write for him, it's going to be very hard for him to come to the top of the pile if that's all he does. So we're going to really map out a strategy that solves for that problem. And then the other thing we'll want to do is practice interviewing. He's not particularly comfortable with the interview process, so we want to get him comfortable overall, but also we want to get really comfortable in how he presents himself for supply chain management jobs and how he presents his skills and his accomplishments in light of this career shift. So that's Randy, case study number two. Case study number three is Michael. And Michael is a 22-year-old recent college graduate that I worked with over the summer. His bachelor's degree is in global business. And when I met him, he just graduated and he was doing contract work for an abstract company. If you don't know what an abstract company is, they're, um, they're the ones who... Um, it has to do with like titles, property titles, home titles, business titles... And, like, where does that property, you know, exist physically? And, and I don't know, understand all the ins and outs of it. But he does some work in that area. But by no means was that meant to be his career. And so when he came to me, we we went through the Landry Gene Job Program. And Michael's interest in human resources emerged. So, you know, we talked about the fact that he really likes work where there's a variety of things to do. He wants to interact with colleagues, which certainly you do in human resources. He also considers himself really caring and empathetic. So he he felt like he could really help people in an HR role. And he has real strong attention to detail. And he's really really quick, quick learner. He's very efficient at doing his job. And all those things seem to fit really well with human resources. And Michael lives in the northeast so you know lots of companies up there lots of headquarters up there and you know pretty much every company needs human resource people unless it's like very small and so he had he was able to identify several companies that were of interest to him in that area and he was particularly focusing on automotive fashion pharmaceutical and financial services companies so um, I even though Michael, it's technically not a career change because he hadn't started his career yet, um, I think that his is useful to kind of put in this mix because he, he did come out of college without a clear career focus and was kind of trying to figure out, trying to get his footing um, after he graduate and, and graduated and by working with me, he was able to hone in on the career path that he wanted to take. And of course, then we created that resume around that we created the LinkedIn profile around that we interviewed around jobs that are in that area so everything that we did was based around human resources so what are the lessons to be learned from these case studies so I I can't I think there are five there may be many more but I think there's five that we want to talk about and number one is, and, and I will say that as I, as I wrote these, I thought, you know, I've talked about this before, I've talked about this before, I don't think there's any harm in reiterating because I think that this is all very synergistic, but I certainly have talked about these lessons elsewhere. And number one is don't expect to get it right, right out of the gate, right? So when you graduate at age 22 with a bachelor's degree in whatever, you may have an internship or two, You you've had some part-time jobs maybe. You may or may not have a major that is that is career specific. You probably don't. And so the expectation that I'm gonna land my dream job right out of college is, is unrealistic in every possible sense of the word. So first of all, you can't attain your dream job right out of college. Now I know my program is called Land Your Dream Job, But let's take that as a relative dream job, like a dream job for me right now with my level of education and experience. But when we look at the big picture, you're probably not going to land in a dream job until you're maybe 10 or 12 years out of college. Now, that's not to say you have to hate everything. Until then, absolutely not. We're working towards a dream job where you have perhaps advanced education, perhaps an advanced certification or skill set, and certainly 10 to 12 years of experience under your belt to get that dream job, right? So the expectation right out of college should not be to land your dream job, but should be to get on the dartboard, as I like to call it, right? We're not going to be the bulls, we're going to be on the dartboard. So don't expect to get it right, right out of college, just get on the dartboard with something that makes sense. So if we look at our last example with Michael, now Michael's identified human resources as the field he wants to get into. He's not, if his dream job is to be the director of human resources at a mid-sized pharmaceutical company, he can't get that job right now. What he can do by identifying that dream job is figure out what's the logical first step, which is probably going to be called human resource coordinator or human resource assistant or something along those lines. That's, that's a reasonable first step. My supply chain guy is not going to be director of supply chain management for an international company now that he's identified it, but he can get an entry-level position that moves him in that direction, and that should be the goal. So don't expect to get it right right out of the gate. And also, don't expect that you're going to land, maybe you don't get on the right dartboard, maybe you're on the wrong dartboard right out of college, maybe you just take a job because it presents itself in your, you know, you're like, I don't know why I took this job, this doesn't make any sense. Learn what you can from that job, grow in the way that you can, contribute in the way that you can, and use that knowledge to get on the right dartboard moving forward. So I have had plenty of clients over the years who have made a pretty significant misstep right out of the gate Um, but it's not really a misstep when you think that there's learning to be had, there's growth to be had, there's professional um, kind of skills to develop, there's connections to be made. It's all good. It's all good. Give yourself a break. Don't expect the moon and don't expect perfection right out of the gate. So that's number one. Number two, as you think about making a change, I want you to really assess what's working and what isn't. I talked about this earlier this month and kind of figuring out what's the problem if you're dissatisfied. But what I don't want you to do is automatically jump ship. And here's why that doesn't work. If you don't take time to figure out what's working and what's not working, you're likely to repeat it. So if you've heard the expression out of the frying pan into the fire, boy does that apply with with jobs when you don't do this work, right? So the the other piece of it is that you can be swayed if you're not clear on what you want, what's working, what's not, what you like, what you don't like, what are your motivated skills, all of that. If somebody comes along, they offer you a nice salary, and the job has lots of bells and whistles. You know, they've got an on-site rec center, you get to play ping pong at lunch, I don't know, whatever it is, and you're swayed by the bells and whistles, and you don't stop to think about what's really important to me, what's foundationally and fundamentally important to me, and so you end up making another mistake. And here's the thing about job hopping, is you kind of get a pass one time, and you especially get a pass if you just graduated, right? Nobody expects you to stay in your first job for five years, right? If you stay there a couple years, they're happy. But at some point, it becomes a pattern of job hopping. There starts to be, you know, it's very easy to see on a resume or on a LinkedIn profile that you've changed jobs frequently. So you want to be careful of that, to not create a pattern of changing jobs every year or two, because an employer, you know, after two or three of those, an employer is going to extrapolate that that's what you're going to do with them. You're only going to be around for a year or two, and then you're going to leave. So assess what's working and what isn't. Figure out what do I want more of, what do I want less of as I move forward, and where can I get that before just jumping ship. Number three, starting over is easier when you haven't moved very far yet. So what I'm saying here is that, you know, the examples I gave you were all 25, 26, 22-year-olds. They haven't moved up the ladder such that they're having to sacrifice a a real high salary, seniority, job title, you know, level of job, all that. So this is the time to play around and experiment. And I'm not asking you to not take this seriously, but I'm simply saying it's no big deal. If you go from I've got one person who's a groundskeeper, I've got one person who's a model manager, I've got one person who's kind of doing his own thing in contract work. There's very little there's very little risk in them changing careers. When it becomes more of a problem, I've worked with a lot of executives over the years. And so when you when you think about someone who's, say, 45 years old and who has gotten to a director level or even a VP level, and now they're thinking about changing careers, it's very unlikely that they're going to be able to change careers at the VP or director level. They're probably going to have to take a step back. And usually a step back means a step back in salary as well, and many of them can't afford to do that. So make your mistakes now. Don't worry about starting over because there's very little risk in doing it at this point. Number four, and this is one, if you listened to, if you happen to catch a, a Facebook live that I did, oh, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago with some of my colleagues that I'm in a mastermind with, I asked them to kind of share their big piece of career advice for the listeners. And one of them talked about, One of the best pieces of advice she ever got related to her career is to pay attention to where her mind wandered. To think about where does her mind go when her mind is free to go where it wants to go. And that can often be such a great indicator of the career path that you're meant to be on. So if you find that when your mind is free to wander, it doesn't go anywhere near the work you're doing now, but rather, it goes to some other cool place. Um, that's a seed. That's 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 an idea. That's a germination of maybe what you're put on this earth to do. And I always think about. I don't know why this this point reminds me. If you guys are Twilight fans, right? Um, Bella's character in in, in the um, in the movie in the movie series, it is able to block kind of the powers of the other the vampires right so when she's still a human they can't read her mind like um um what's his face the 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 guy she ends up with can't read her mind and they can't do things to her that they can that other vampires can even do to other vampires and as as she turns and becomes a vampire it's because this this thing about her this ability to kind of guard her mind and block her mind was so strong that it was showing itself even when she was still immortal. Now, why does that remind me of this? Because I think that that's such a great indicator. Like, if there's this strong interest in you in something that, so much so that when your mind is free, that's the thing your mind goes to. That's the thing you doodle. That's the thing you read about. That's the thing you find yourself talking about in conversations. What can you do with that? What is that telling you? So I I happen to be a fan. I'm a huge uh, true crime fan, uh, podcast fan. And there's a podcast podcast called My Favorite Murder, which I'm obsessed with. And My Favorite Murder is started by these two women who found themselves at a party one time and found they were so connected because the two of them love true crime. And and it is something that in their lives, many people that they would try to talk about it with would be turned off or not at all interested in. And so... They bonded over that, and the next thing you know, they've got one of the top-rated podcasts on iTunes talking about true crime, and it's also comedy, so it's kind of hilarious. And I highly recommend it, by the way, if you're into true crime. But my point is, they both had this fascination in true crime, and here they are now. Their full-time jobs are podcasters, and they go all over the world and do presentations um, and do, like, live shows about that's recorded for their podcast so pay attention to where your mind wanders pay attention to what you are interested in outside of work and and let's figure out how to put that in your job I've always said you can intersect any two things into a career so there's a possibility there absolutely but you have to identify what it is first and then finally It probably does not matter what your degree is in. So please, and I've talked about this before, but please remove from your vocabulary the question, what can I do with a degree in? I hate that question. It's a terrible question. I want the question to be, what do I want to do with a degree in blank? Because unless you wanna be an accountant, which requires an accounting degree, a nurse, which requires a nursing degree, and a, a teacher, which requires an education degree, a doctor, which requires a medicine degree, you see where I'm going with that? Those are professional occupations. You can pursue any career you wanna pursue. So I've got my, my turf manager slash general business guy who wants to be a supply chain manager, perfectly okay. He doesn't have a degree in supply chain management, who cares? I've got my communications and media studies person who wants to go into PR. She didn't major in public relations. Who cares? I've got my global business guy who wants to be in human resources. Who cares, right? My undergraduate degree for having sex is in music education, and it has served me phenomenally well. And I could give you example after example of people whose degrees are in you know, philosophy or sociology or psychology or whatever it is, and they're doing nothing even closely related to that. But yet, if you were to talk to them, they would tell you kind of the path of how that happened and how it made sense. And hopefully, in most cases, that that degree served them because they had a degree. So it doesn't matter what your degree is in for most of you. So don't, please don't allow your degree and what it's in limit you because that's only in your head all right so i hope this has been helpful in kind of seeing the paths that some of the clients i've worked with have gone through hopefully some of the tools that i've talked about maybe have picked your interest if that is true please reach out to me and let me tell you more about those programs and how i help those clients feel free to write me a question in the question box be sure to rate review and subscribe thank you very much And if you want to email me, it's Lisa, L-E-S-A, at ExclusiveCareerCoaching.com. See you next week. Bye. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.